Welcome to Lillipod episode 81. Why little things hurt so much. Jeff and Kathy Teichert, bringing you another episode of Lillipod, a production of Love in Later Years. We are certified life coaches, authors of the Amazon bestseller Intentional Courtship, and members of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Our messages are directed toward mid-singles and later married couples. We also welcome all who enjoy personal growth and enriching relationships. Hello, LilyPod listeners. Today we have a short but very powerful topic where we're going to talk about why sometimes little things hurt so much. Now, I begin this with an anecdote from Dr. Greg Bear, a good friend of ours who we uh, quote fairly often on this podcast and otherwise. He tells a, a story about how, you know, imagine one day, maybe you're at church or something, and somebody passes by you uh, and bumps you inadvertently on the back. And you turn around and you say, hello. And that person says, excuse me. And you say, no problem. Okay. Nothing strange there. Imagine now that you were on the beach on Saturday and as you're on the beach, you lay down on your towel, you feel the sun beating down on you. It feels really good. And you accidentally fall asleep in the middle of the day. And for three or four hours, you're sleeping there on your towel and your back is being cooked. And then the next day, you have that same interaction and someone bumps you on the back, you immediately wince in pain and you flinch away and, you know, bump your back on a table or on the wall or something. And the searing pain goes through your body. You may turn around and blame the other person and say, why weren't you more careful? Do you see how much pain I'm in? And so on. And you attribute your anger to something the other person did when really, where is that pain coming from? I mean, maybe the person could have been more careful, but you are in a situation where you were ready to be hurt because you're already in emotional pain. And Dr. Greg Bear says the thing that keeps that underlying pain from being uh, so damaging is if we have enough real love in our in our lives. And I, I love that uh, metaphor of the emotional sunburn. Well, and in this case, you were talking about a physical sunburn. Yes. Uh, but it it is. It's a metaphor. Yeah, it's a metaphor for the emotional damage that we carry with us that people can bump up against. And we refer to this all the time as trauma, but a trauma is 
a, an emotional sunburn. And what is the balm of Gilead for that? Um, you know, the scripture that says, is there no balm in Gilead? Is there no physician there? Of course, the great physician is Christ and the balm in Gilead is love. But uh, talking about uh, why the little things hurt so much, uh, does this get in our way in forming relationships in our middle years, Kathy? Well, the reason the little things hurt is because we're already hurting. And yes, it gets in the way if we have not done our own healing work. And that's why it's so important in the messages that we write about and talk about on the podcast and on our, on our YouTube channel, we talk a lot about healing and taking personal accountability and doing personal development and growth when we've experienced love and loss. When we've lost a relationship that was significant, it can do a lot of damage to our psyche. It can be, it can do a number on our self-esteem. It can cause some trauma that then creates triggers in us. And those are the emotional sunburns. Those are literally the places where if they get triggered, we go off. Right. I mean, you can extend that analogy a little further and say, all right, what if I have a sunburn on my back, but the next day somebody bumps me, but they bump me on the chest or, you know, um, somewhere in, in the front of me that was not exposed to the sun? Am I going to have that same reaction? Probably not, because they're not uh, poking or touching me uh, where it hurts uh, in the sensitive spot. And I think that often happens uh, in our mid-single relationships where, you know, somebody inadvertently not meaning to hurts us in the same place that a former spouse did or a former dating partner. And we feel that intensely because we've been hurt there before. And we call that when, when someone else kind of steps into the shoes of a former partner, we call that transference, where literally your emotions uh, from a prior relationship or a prior trauma are transferred to the new partner. And they can sit there bewildered and not understand why you would be in so much pain over something they said that, that they thought was innocuous. Well, and that can cause red flag warnings to go off in both people. Right. Because one is saying, they're crazy. I think they're nuts and I don't get it. And the person who's hurt is saying, how could they? Who? How could they? How right. awful are they? They're definitely a red flag. Right. And that's why we like to encourage people to be cautious with red flags. There are real red flags out there. There are. But in situations like this, there's a lot of misunderstanding happening. Right. I think that that there's a common conception out there that 
the biggest mistake that mid singles make is, you know, ignoring red flags. And, and I don't see that as much, quite honestly, as people seeing red flags that aren't there. And I think the reason for that is we're, we're wired to see the negative. We're wired to yeah, look to for danger. Ourselves. Yeah. Look for danger. And, and, and so I don't think that we're, I think it's rare that we need to train that in ourselves. It's pretty natural. Right. And sometimes the natural man is an enemy to God and an enemy to ourselves. And so that's why we just encourage you to question those red flag judgments, especially if there may be emotional sunburns at play. Right. I mean, I do think there are situations where somebody is, is so afraid of being alone and that, that the aloneness they feel is causing their pain where they might look past some very obvious warning signs that the other person is unsafe uh, because they just need a relationship so bad. And we uh, have said many times, you know, once you uh, don't no longer need to be in a relationship, then you're ready. And what does that mean when you no longer need it? Well, it means that you have put the balm of Gilead or I've allowed the physician to put that balm of Gilead on your emotional sunburn. That includes real love. And the real love of even one other person is transformational. Uh, and we always have the real love of God. Right. So we cultivate that with God. And then I think we affirmatively and intentionally cultivate it with good friends, with people that that we trust and and care about and and ultimately we start to to feel full instead of you know broken and and hurt and one thing we've discovered this is our own belief is that and it's and it's through our own experience and our observations of coaching clients and those we work with in love and later years, our love and later years community, uh, our, our observation, our belief is that we can do a lot of healing work and we can take down the level of our emotional sunburns and the reactionary triggers can be lessened a lot. But there's something about relationships that allow some of that subconscious pain to come to the surface in a way that being isolated cannot. So if you do a lot of work and you feel like you're as healed as possible and you start dating and then all of a sudden you get triggered, you might think, oh, I wasn't ready. Right. I wasn't ready. And it might be true that you're not ready, but it also might be that you, you were ready for the triggers that would come with the dating so you could continue healing. Right. You know, it, it strikes me that we experienced this early in our relationship. I've related many times the story about how I got triggered when Can Kathy canceled a breakfast that we had planned. And I, I realize now that that little thing hurt so much, not because Kathy was doing anything unreasonable. In fact, she had been very welcoming to me on that occasion, but 
but I was triggered by it because I was in pain before that ever occurred uh, over other things that had nothing to do with her. And the really well, cool thing is he took responsibility for that pain and he didn't act rashly and see that red flag as a need to do something irrational. Right. <laughs> I mean, I, I did come to my senses before I acted on that and you need to give yourself time to do that. I, I mean, I remember a few occasions too, when we were dating in that first year, when sometimes Kathy would get triggered by something and all of a sudden she's no longer in the house <laughs> and it's her house and I'm sitting there and Kathy's, you know, gotten in her car or gone out for a walk and, and, uh, that doesn't, that kind of thing doesn't happen with us so much now. But I think in that period when we were learning to trust each other, we both had some pretty severe emotional sunburns. And so triggering each other was easy. It was like a perfect storm, you know. Yeah. And you have more of a fight tendency, which means you want to act on solving things right now. And I have more of a flight tendency, which is like, leave me alone. I need space. Right. And we've had to work out those opposing reactions in a way that honors both of us. Right. Yeah. Intentionality and, and coming up with, with your procedures for what you're going to do when you're triggered or when you're presented with a particular kind of situation, um, is, is really important to being able to manage those very sensitive uh, situations. Well, and when I used to do the flight thing, I would ruminate and it would make it worse in my mind. But I also know I'm not prepared to peacefully resolve something when I'm triggered. So our the way, the way we've figured out honors both of us is we can call a timeout, either of us at any time, and we honor it. And then we always come back together and discuss it. So Jeff is never left feeling like we're just going to ignore it or never talk. Right. And, and I mean, I had emotional sunburns over a partner and, you know, in a previous relationship who for many years uh, would not talk about anything sensitive or difficult and so the question of, okay, when will you be ready to talk about this? The answer effectively was always never. And, and so that, you know, that was a trigger for me. Um, Until you could start trusting that we were always going to come back and talk about it. And, and we did it long enough that you could feel that you, you knew it. Right. And Kathy, uh, I, I believe and hope that now uh, in our relationship, understands that I'm going to honor timeouts. So it's really not that necessary for her to flee the scene and go somewhere else. Um, and that's super helpful because I was once in a relationship where I, those timeouts I needed were not honored and that was not safe for me. So we create safety by honoring both of our needs in this, those situations and besides the fact that we respond differently to uh, conflict, we also have opposing triggers. Right. And we've also had to, 
to navigate that. And, you know, it's actually kind of beautiful because it helps us both balance and center ourselves in order to honor both of our needs. Right. You know, Kathy, I think that this kind of approach is valuable in a whole bunch of different areas in life. I mean, you know, we talk about uh, telling our kids, decide in advance when you're offered drugs, what you're going to say so that you won't have to, to think of it on the spur of the moment. It'll be automatic, you know, when, when you're under peer pressure or whatever. Well, th that's good advice for them. And it's certainly not waiting until we're in the heat of the moment, whatever kind of moment that might be, it is also uh, good advice for us. And it could be the moment when, when we're triggered, we need to have a procedure that kicks in uh, to avoid damaging our relationships. Uh, but there's a variety of things. I mean, you know, one thing that my former therapist told me was uh, don't sit there and think about whether you're going to exercise. Put your shoes on and do it. Make the decision in advance so that when you're in the situation, you won't talk yourself out of it. Because how easy is it? And come on, you guys, almost all of you know this, that if you sit there and think about, well, maybe I shouldn't go to the gym because I'm tired or because it's raining outside or you know, you can come up with umpteen reasons why you shouldn't. And yet, if you want to get anywhere, you have to be able to, to get beyond that. And so what do you do? You decide before you're in the situation what the answer is. Yes. And take responsibility for your own emotional well-being because you show up better when you do. And you really can't put that on anyone else. Even if you think it's their fault, it's always on us to be responsible for how we're feeling. And why do the little things hurt so much? Well, sometimes we've got triggers that have been triggered. And something I've learned instead of that ruminating, you know, going on a walk and just thinking of all the things and making it kind of worse in my brain, I've learned how to self-soothe instead and do things that feel good and put me in a better mood and bring me peace. Pretty much anything that does that is better than the alternatives, which are to make myself feel worse or make our relationship worse. Right. And those which, things can come from panic. Yes. And, and then you've had to learn how to resist the urge to solve something when you're not feeling peaceful. Right. Well, and sometimes I've had to learn to resist the urge to solve something for Kathy. Sometimes she needs to come up with the answer by herself so that it makes sense to her. And if that, you know, if that means she needs time to think, uh, then that's what's going to be necessary, but I can't do both halves of the relationship, even though I have done my darndest to at times. Well, and that would be stepping on each other's toes and maybe kind of going back to our podcast on when helping is hurting. Sometimes it's not helping. Right. right. So, you know, I just, uh, 
I think life is way, t- way hard enough. Like, so sorry, I don't like to think of life as hard, but it is hard enough. Like we have enough challenges in our lives without adding judgment and condemnation when what we really need is compassion and patience. Right. You know, we were initially going to call this podcast Cultivating Compassion and Patience in the Dating World. Um, But I think it can actually be in all relationships because all of us are walking around with little emotional sunburns, sometimes big ones, sometimes small ones. And we don't have an instruction manual on our forehead saying, this is how to treat me tenderly or like treat, you know, I'm fragile right now. You know, we, we don't really have that. This is why I believe in being kind because we never know. Right. But I do have a hot tip on this. Yeah. So one of the best little bits of advice I ever got was from a relief society president. I knew she was a therapist. So I had gone to her because of a home teaching assignment I was having trouble with. And uh, I was frustrated with this particular family and the way they were handling life. And she told me that this Relief Society president told me, don't give advice, listen until you feel compassion. And you will then know what to say and how to say it. I think this bears directly on compassion and patience. Why will you know what to say and why will what you say be more wise and more helpful if you listen until you feel compassion? Well, because when you begin to feel compassion, that is a sign that you are beginning to understand where that other person is coming from, that they're not crazy, that they're not unrighteous, that they're not stupid. When you feel compassion, you're beginning to understand, oh, this is why they behave this way. Mm. So it's like that's our access to the instruction manual that's not easily that's available. It's not tattooed on your forehead. Yes. And and so yes, that I think that and being and patiently listening uh while the other person is describing um the thing that that uh, is going on, even if you think they're telling themselves stories, even if you think that their explanation is crazy, keep listening until you begin to feel compassion. Because when you begin to feel compassion, you're feeling it because you're now beginning to understand. And most people are not completely irrational or stupid. Generally, if we think that they're really handling things wrong or that they're really that dumb, it's because there's something we're missing mm. uh, to understand why they why they do what they do or say what they say. Well, and one way we can develop compassion a little more quickly is to realize that when someone responds immaturely, they're literally going into their child selves and they're right. scared. And they're feeling unloved and alone. And if we run into a child like that, how much do we love them? I mean, how much compassion do we feel for them? Right? But as adults, we just think, grow up. Right. <laughs> and we don't realize they're they're acting from their child self. And we all have our child self. And we all 
sometimes revert to that when we're feeling a lot of stress, emotional stress, and we don't really know how to be adults in that moment. Right. And the best thing for me to do, if I can manage it, if Kathy's really upset, is to think, okay, what would I do to comfort a frightened four-year-old girl? And I don't mean to say that Kathy's not mature and not an adult, nothing like that. But we all do have that sort of wounded inner child that's afraid. And if we learn to see each other as fearful in those moments instead of malicious or malevolent, then, you know, I think we have more compassion and we can begin to see what that other person is afraid of. Well, and when that trigger has come up and it's ready to heal and it's ready to release, isn't that a beautiful, wonderful, amazing way of doing so with someone who really loves you enough to see what's really happening? Right. I mean, I, I told Dr. Greg Bear once, uh, or, you know, I told him, I think it was in our interview that uh, there was a night when I was really depressed and in a bad mood. And I turned to Kathy, not accusingly, but just saying, I am really in a bad mood. And she said, I'm sorry, you're in a bad mood. And she started running her fingers through my hair and talking softly to me like you might to a little kid. And guess what? Bad mood over. <laughs> it, and was, it was my way of saying, okay, I don't have to be codependent here. I don't have to take this on myself. She doesn't have to solve it. Uh, she, just being, giving a little comfort like you might, and reassurance like you might give to a little kid. And, you know, I, uh, I have found the same thing to be true. You know, if she's, if she's upset and Dr. Greg Bear said, yeah, sometimes I'm in a bad mood and my wife will just say, come sit on the bed and she'll start to rub his feet and he feels better. And <laughs> I, I think that's, uh, it can be that simple. Right. And, and it, it, it illustrates the point that he often makes about how when we have those emotional sunburns, uh, we have a deficit of love in our lives. And the healing balm, it's, it's not so much about the foot rub or the fact that it feels good to have someone run their fingers through your hair. Yes, it does. And, that, and, and that's beautiful and healing. But it's also sensing that if a person's touching you in that way, that, that you're receiving love. You know, and, and it can also be done in words if you're not together physically with a person. You know, I, I want to wrap up this podcast with a, a story I heard recently in the mid-singles community where someone asked a simple question, even a complimentary question. What she said is, what aren't you good at? <laughs> I mean, most people would think, oh, that's so nice to hear. This person, it, well, it just happened to be Father's Day, and this guy responded with something like, I'm no good at being a husband and I'm failing at being a single father. And then he continued to like emotionally vomit every feeling and emotion that he's had about that situation for him. So his sunburn got bumped. Oh yeah. Big time. And she felt so bad. She felt so terrible for having evoked that kind of emotion and that kind of sadness in him. But it wasn't her that did that. 
that was already there for him. Right. And she was so sweet and she made sure she reached out to him and talked through it and assured him and, you know, cause she wanted him to feel better. And I thought, I think that's really kind. And I, whenever we can feel compassion for someone who's hurting like that, even if it seems like a, an absurd response, when we can have that compassion without judging ourselves harshly, when we realize I just bumped against up against an emotional sunburn, I didn't mean to be hurtful. In fact, I didn't do anything hurtful. It just happened to, it just happened to trigger something in them. That's it. Right. And if you want to have that compassion, what is the key? Listen. Listen until you feel it because understanding leads to compassion. Yeah. Listen until you feel that compassion, until you understand, which kind of comes together. And and uh, cultivating this compassion and then being patient with ourselves and with others as we explore all these little triggers and landmines and relationships is um, really it really can make our mid-single dating experience and even beyond that into our relationships with our forever companions and with blending families, it can make it so much richer. It can make it so much more joyful right? And so much less drama. And so many mid-singles will say, what is it I'm missing? Why don't I know how to deal with the opposite sex or whatever? What is it that I... It's going right past me. Well, this is the common issue with mid-singles, this business of trauma and emotional sunburns. Get this down and it, dating is going to be a lot easier. Building relationships is going to be a lot easier. Absolutely. And just remember, friends, anytime is a great time for more love, compassion, and patience in your life. Thank you for listening. Subscribe to LilyPod and get notice of each new weekly episode. If you enjoy what you heard, give us a positive review. We want to reach as many mid-singles and later married couples as possible, so please share this podcast with those you love. To access fabulous free content like written articles and YouTube videos on LilyDube, and to learn about our book Intentional Courtship and Lily Coaching Services, visit loveinlateryears.com.